0: Relevant content for our members, by our members. This is TMC Connect.
1: Happy Friday, everyone. Rich Swabinski with the Mortgage Collaborative here once again with the rundown with Rob and Rich, where we take you into the weekend by running through the week that was in the mortgage industry. And you just never know how this show... I don't even know how this show is going to start off every week. So uh, Rob's secret location usually... Playing into the, the early script of the show. Um, but this week, really pleased to have a good, good friend to TMC, a good longtime friend of TMC with recruiting being obviously such a top of mind issue as well as data. We're always talking about data on this show. I wanted to get our good friend uh, Jeff Walton from InGenius in to uh, discuss that part of our industry, which is emerging right now. And Jeff, uh, Ingenious, also, you guys are doing something for our members. I heard from a member, Uh, that, yeah, that they were fired up about. Uh, Revenue neutral special for our members to help uh, get better data as it relates to making good decisions on hiring and other business development efforts.
0: Definitely. So good to be back. Good to see you guys, as always. Uh, Excited about TMC coming up. Um, I'm in San Diego at the NAREP convention. Uh, Beautiful view of San Diego out my window here, but if I open it, it turns into a bright light and Uh, don't look into the light type of um, atmosphere. So we'll avoid that, but.
2: Hey, hey Jeff, Jeff, that does, that's never bothered Rich once on this entire series of shows. Okay. Having having the, having the light background, he just shrugs it off and moves forward.
0: Well, it kind of shades his face and helps everybody out. But so um, uh, yeah, so we've got that coming up and um, we know that um, it's tougher times people are trying to recruit. We don't, Care where you're getting your data from in order to um, recruit uh, originators or build realtor relationships. Um, we're looking at doing a revenue neutral. We feel that um, we've got better data than anybody in the industry. Um, we get that um, confirmed by, uh, well, now 17 members of TMC that are customers out of are 38 or so that we've gotten in the last year and a half that we've been in business. Um, and so we feel we can replace data that you have currently for recruiting with higher quality data at a revenue neutral cost to you. That's a, a win-win for everybody. And so we're excited about that and um, we're getting really good reception on it. And, uh, and we're excited about doing more with TMC for sure.
2: So Jeff, what is that, explain to the non-accountants which would include me. When you say revenue neutral, what does that mean?
0: Sure. So, you know, let's say you're getting data today at um, a certain dollar amount, right? That you have a contract for. Um, we're going to replace your instance that you have today, uh, but it won't cost you any more money for that on a ongoing basis, um, so that you can increase the accuracy of your data. And you can increase the applicability of that data um, by coming with ingenious, and um, it's not going to be an increase in outflow from your budget, uh, which is very important in today's world, right? Obviously.
2: So, if somebody, uh, without without saying anything too bad about your competitors or or competitive sources, does it. Does it vary widely um, in terms of the information source, the, the cost to pay, that, to pay to get that information?
0: Yeah, so a good example of that is, is that we know we pay more for our data than our competitors do. And we know that because the way we put our data together is, is we don't just take one source of D data. We take three different sources of D data and we combine that, filter it and sequence it with NMLS, MLS, Humda, and then we bounce it all off of each other, all right? So that it fills in the gaps and makes it way more accurate. And then we take that data and we put it with contact data for loan officers and contact data for realtors, and then allow you to integrate that into your CRM. And then you can action off of those analytics and you can start to recruit and prospect realtors at scale. Um, So we know that we pay a lot more for that data um, and it provides higher quality data based on our patent pending process for doing that. Um, But we also know that it's tough times and we know people need this data though, because they need to grow in some fashion.
2: So if I were a a small mortgage banker or a broker, at at what level does it start to make sense to use this product? Well, it doesn't matter how big or how
0: small you are. Um, we sell by number of seats, right? So if you're a smaller institution, um, you can still get access. Um, so as we like to say, you know, if in the past, that if, if you're an institution that is buying several sources of data yourself, and you've got a data team that slices and dices and tries to put that together and load it into your CRM, um, we automate that entire process, right? So if you're doing that, you can save costs with us. If you're not doing it because you can't afford it, now you can, right? So we've made it affordable for the smaller and the larger, and we'll grow with you. That's
1: awesome. interesting. <clears throat> so many more lenders using data to make hiring decisions, using real data and not and stuff that you could just try to find yourself out there. We're seeing the impact of it. And uh, ingenious has been a big part of that. So Jeff, really, really appreciate the partnership and uh, looking forward to the conversation. You brought some great stats that I can't wait to get into. Prompted me to dig up some industry stats as well. Um, Just off of uh, CFPB recently released all the Humda data um, for 21. And I parsed through there. Got some interesting stuff we'll talk about as well. So let's go ahead and get into it. On the eve of TMC Chicago, uh, tomorrow we begin what will be our this is, I don't think our biggest. We're like 20 people short of our last one, but the most lender members ever at a TMC conference, which uh, I think really says a lot about our organization given the climate right now. Very, very easy to uh, uh, cancel travel plans, but uh, really looking forward to seeing 400, 450 of our closest friends these next few days in Chicago, and uh, including uh, my two co hosts today. So that's awesome. Um, Rob. The Fed, we keep leading with the Fed because it is the narrative that is really driving everything with our industry right now. Fed meeting this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, announcement Wednesday, no surprises, really. 75 bps. I think there was like a 14% chance of a 100 basis point move priced into the Fed fund futures market. So it was as expected. Uh, the rhetoric and narrative um, from Powell was really as expected. Um yeah and then and then we saw bonds actually rally a little Wednesday afternoon and, and just all hell has broke loose the last two days in digging into this and trying to there's no definitive reason why bonds should have sold off so much pushing mortgage rates up even higher pretty much 7% on a 30-year fix right now um and if you look it is really i, I from what i can decipher in the UK They not only sold a ton of bonds in the middle of the week, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, but they also announced like a new budget, essentially, for their central bank um, that includes less bond buying. So, you know, I think the moves in the U.K., coupled with just this fear factor, um, you know, people don't want to be wrong. They want to be left holding the bag really has led to just really runaway chain uh, in in the fixed income and mortgage bond markets. Uh, Your thoughts on the transgressions of the week?
2: So you, you kind of summed it up nicely there toward the end. It's almost as if inflation was not the issue this week, uh, although the Fed did as it was expected, and then the, the smartest people in the room immediately started talking about what's next and what, where we're we gonna be toward the end of the year and early next year. And this is just viewed as a stepping stone toward higher overnight rates and higher discount rates. Uh, the the news from overseas regarding the UK and the bond buying and so forth, you know the, the thing I think that the people on the call here need to remember is that once again the Fed doesn't set mortgage rates, but the same factors that influence the Fed, the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee, in its decision making, influence mortgage rates, and so we we've, we've been talking about inflation for months and months now and the Fed is definitely playing catch up. I think Fed Chair Powell admits that, but the the thing is now, gee, if mortgage rates aren't set by the Fed and instead they're set by supply and demand, obviously the supply is down. You can look at the MBA application data nearly every week for the last several months, it continues to go down. And when I talk to originators, originators all the way up to CEOs, you know, it's it's very tough out there. And I think it's going to get tougher given that we're heading into the autumn and the winter and with no prospect really of, of lower rates per se. And so a lot of lenders are out there really nervous about the, the next three to six months. So you have a situation though, where mortgage rates are determined by supply and demand and the supply, the new supply is down. But the question is, gee, is the Fed going to start selling their mortgage-backed security holdings? And if, you know, and in, in when and how much kind of thing. And so if they do indeed do that, I think as we're seeing in the UK, that tends to push prices down, rates up. And so the discussion over the last few days, isn't so much where's inflation, where's the CPI, where's the producer price index, it's gee, what's going on overseas, are there is there selling that's going to take place that's impacting mortgage-backed prices, and and where does that take us? And so there is a lot of nervousness. You know, I, I remind people that generally speaking, during a recession, rates go down, right? Rates go down, and they aren't going down. So the question is why not? And it's a it's a expectation of higher rates rather than the impact on the economy now, because whether it's the stock market or the bond market, those markets tend to be forward-looking. They like to think that they can predict the future, which is a whole different breakout session. But uh, the fact is the, the market is looking at what the Fed is reacting to and where they expect things to go from here, and yeah, we might be coming up on a recession, but nonetheless, if If institutions start selling bonds, it's a real problem for prices and therefore rates. So you're right, Rich. I mean, everybody knows rates have gone up, they've gone up overnight, they've gone up during the day, and 30-year mortgage rates are at whatever, whatever year high they are. And the 10-year yield is, you know, there's we're now talking about a 4% yield on the 10-year, which I think just a year or two ago, wasn't it? It was about a half a percent yield. Yeah. And very interesting situation. It's very leading to a lot of interesting discussions and observations about what banks are doing about it, what credit card companies are doing about it, what individuals are doing about it in terms of their own credit profiles and paying off their credit cards on time and so forth. So it's a, it's not a great situation by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, I'll wrap up with, with, you know, we were talking to Mark Zandi recently. I, I think a fair amount of this is is psychological, just like every market move is. And you can get into a uh, self fulfilling prophecy to some extent, because if I'm, if I'm nervous, if, if the dance studio owner of this uh, building behind me gets nervous, we all start cutting back our spending, we spend less coming up in the holidays, and that further compounds the problem. So as always, it's a uh, It's an interesting situation, and not a great situation for a lot of lenders out there staring at the uh, staring at autumn and winter coming at them.
1: It's tough; no way to sugarcoat it. Uh, Been a tough year, Uh, like you said. Fall just starting, Um, and you know, and we're seeing just stats and data in our industry on market share and the biggest lenders in America. You know, picking up more market share. Uh, You know, something that jeff sent over some great data we're going to talk about in a second here um but it prompted me to really read through the cfpb and fha are, are you know ever since they expanded the scope of the humda data they're collecting they're putting out a lot of really relevant data um about the mortgage industry and you know just did a pretty expansive report a couple of weeks ago just on values and the statistics on um you know who's doing loans and how many institutions are doing it and I think uh, what we've seen, Jeff, been is, you know, the largest lenders are continuing to grow market share. That that is why we started the mortgage collaborative right there. You know, I think that the owners of this company in 07 and 08 saw the beginning and seedlings of a climate that uh, made it very tough for small players to compete due to regulatory costs and other broad brush legislation. It's why this company was started. And uh, you know, as we look at the landscape now, it's been a tough year for small lenders. Some made lots of money last couple of years, and we're smart with it. Some not as much. But um, nevertheless, here we are, and you know, it, it does it does look like a challenging landscape looking forward. And uh, Jeff, why don't you start by talking just a little bit about some of the data you sent over um, because it was really revealing.
0: Yeah, sure. So it, it's very revealing, and. Um... What our data shows is that currently the top 10% of the originators out there that do more than one loan um, are doing 56.57% of all loans in the marketplace since 2018. Um, The top 30% are doing 88.29%. And the top 50% are doing 97.33%, right? Staggering numbers in terms of that. Um, but what uh, what is also behind that that is even uh, more interesting, maybe not more interesting, but as interesting is that over time, over the last three years, we've seen that number grow to where the top producers are doing more loans, and the bottom producers are doing less loans. Um, and I think that you're absolutely right, Rich, in terms of you know the value of TMC banding together. Um, so that you can help the members engage with um, better technology. Because I think that, you know, a lot of it is um, these originators taking advantage of technology, of using marketing technology and data technology and all these different, um, you know, these different items out there. And um, to be able to give them access and knowledge to that, I think is, is a, a huge win for the members of of TMC, um, and so that you know the, to quote a famous philosopher Sue Woodard, she's a philosopher now. I'm giving her that distinction. So it's it's not technology that's going to replace loan officers. It's the loan officers that are using technology are the, the ones that are going to replace the ones that don't, right? And it is highly important that. Um, you engage with the tools and the technology that is out there in order to compete in the marketplace. And I think that's what it tells us.
1: Very well said. Agree completely. And Rob, you know, Jeff mentioned the stats and the top uh, quarter, essentially, percentage-wise of, of lenders in America. If you go to dig even deeper, I took a look at the CFPB data. The top 25 individual lenders in America in 2018 did 33% of the units. In 2021, 44% of the units, so an 11% increase. Just from the top twenty-five lenders in America, not even you know going. Jeff took his analysis a little bit deeper. Um, you know, then you got the two biggest software companies in the mortgage industry. You know that are you know trying to merge that it, that's you know, that's getting looked at. Uh, it's a really interesting time for the mortgage industry. There have been industries where it has been to the benefit of the consumer and most people involved. For industries to consolidate and larger providers because they can bring a lower cost product to customers. But if you look at mortgage, it's not that way at all. Fannie and Freddie buy 70% of the loans. Everybody's basically getting the same price. So ABC Mortgage and Twinsburg and you know Wells Fargo, they're essentially selling to Fannie and Freddie for the same price. Smaller lenders have, in many cases, lower cost structures, ability to pass on lower prices. So this is an industry where customers clearly benefit from options and and choices and lots of them and, and small lenders' biggest purchase of their lives. At what point do you think this starts to get the, I mean, it probably already has the attention of the federal government. I say it all the time. When you, anything the CFPB puts out, read the narrative that goes into the stats because it tells you uh, what they're looking at and the narrative on their latest statistics were all about top tier, market share lenders, and then obviously minority lending and what lenders are doing, what percentages of that
0: business as well. So, Yeah, and I think to a certain degree, um, the pressure on small independent mortgage banks is going to increase in the regulatory um, side of, of things in that uh, we were just at NAMBA last week and saw the Associate Director of Enforcement and Fair Lending for the CFPB. Speak, and he is talking about looking at digital redlining and community reinvestment act into low to moderate income census tracks and zip codes and using that majority, minority, or I'm sorry, minority, majority census track, easy for you to say, Rich, and using that as a measuring stick as to are you digitally redlining is the term and his statement was, "We don't care the size of the independent mortgage bank. We're going to be looking at all of them." Uh, and I think that's something to be taken, um, you know, seriously.
2: Yeah, I, I, uh, for, I'm I'm uh, fortunate to be uh, up on the stage t- Monday with uh, Mark McCarl from the CFPB uh, on, in a, one of the breakout discussion discussion rooms. I think I think that's definitely one of the things we're going to talk about. But Jeff, I wanted to ask you uh, along those lines, and and Rich, I don't, you know, if you go back historically, there were always these huge, you know, market share giants, you know, used to be countrywide Wells, you know, Washington Mutual or whatever, and things ebb and flow. And it's easy to go back five or 10 years. And most of those top 25 lenders are, are gone or a good portion of them are gone or have been bought or whatever. I wanted to ask Jeff when you talk about the loan officer focus and concentrations and so forth. One of the questions that I'm receiving often now is, gosh, you know, margins, revenue, volume, it's all down. And the the companies have had to bite the bullet in terms of the layoffs, in terms of overhead, in terms of They can't add money to their coffers because they're, they're trying to stay ahead of the the money losing curve, uh, at the branch level, the same thing is happening. How do these branches maintain profitability and so forth? And so I'm being asked, when do you think loan officers will finally be asked to reduce their point or point and a half comp? Because like I said, the companies have done it, the branches have done it. And now, you know, what about the, the Rich and Rob uh, loan officers who are still expecting to make a point and a half? Do you see anything, do you see any movement? Do you, are you Are you hearing anything there in the trenches in terms of LO Comp changing? You know, I
0: mean, <clears throat> this has been thought of for years when we go through a cycle that that's going to happen, and it has not happened in terms of that. Um, I think that um, as long as the loan officer is the source of, of business from the realtor, and they own that source. Their value will continue to be um, supreme in the marketplace to other costs. Um, so I I don't necessarily see that happening, um, and I think that um, you know it's it's hard because some of um, the bigger organizations are out trying to recruit today. Um, <clears throat> and um, are you know cutting their margins and some have even you know borrowed against the value of their um, actual institution in order to gain market share during this downturn um, because they're larger and have more resources. So I, I don't necessarily see that to be honest with you. I've, I've heard this, I've been in the mortgage business for a long time, and I've seen this in a lot of downturns. It's like they're gonna have to cut comp on LOs, but they're the source of the business. When that, well, Age, right
2: nobody um, nobody nobody wants to be the first penguin in the water yeah, you know, right. when it comes to uh, cutting yellow comp uh, given the the recruiting issues that are out there and, and yeah. signing bonuses that are still present I think along those lines since I brought it up the the signing bonuses that were paid a year ago or two years ago, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens to those loan officers who receive that money who, who's have, who have seen their volume drop just like everybody else's, and whoever the, the actuarials are, who calculated the, the signing bonus, you know hundreds of thousands, if not more, for some of these originators, and they're not hitting their targets, you know that, that's going to start popping up here, uh, I would think soon as we head toward the end of the year and into 2023
0: i would agree with that that. totally um those 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 could be interesting discussions you're saying the guaranteed rate guy's got
1: some uh buyers or more snow rob for uh the hundreds of millions he shelled out i don't
2: know but i'm i'm uh i've been formulating i i there's a rumor at the house that uh myrtle my cat uh has been offered a uh, signing bonus from the neighbor uh, for her for her mousing abilities, I'm I'm fleshing out that story. I'll probably put it in the commentary Monday or Tuesday.
0: It's a free market, <laughs> Rob. It's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right.
2: It's- All the line it's- caught salmon she can eat. It's so. a free
1: market. Speaking of free market, I mean, you could see. L- I think you're going to see L O Comp almost kind of like naturally reprice itself a little bit. I mean, think about it. We're almost seven percent on a thirty-year fixed rate right now. And I mean, you know, if the rates stay in this realm for a while, I mean, arms viability just in the past seven days, it's gone up by some not insignificant percent, there still is, and I don't think will be at any time soon, any kind of secondary market for arms for all the reasons we've beat to death badly. Um, yeah. So I don't, you know, and so you could see more LOs maybe transition to companies that can put loans in the portfolio, that can write, you know, depository loans and others that can do that. And we know those lenders pay a little bit less commission. Uh, I remember recruiting in a type of climate like this for a bank, and it was the wind was we we're very effectively able to do that, um, you know, by talking with LOs about being able to do you know eight loans a month instead of five because you could do construction, you can do arms, you could do non warrantable condos, you could do doctor loans, you could do all the stuff that uh is kind of on the margin. So we'll see how that all evolves. Well,
2: you know, it's interesting. Jeff was talking about the, the low cost. Um, you know, I've, I've maintained for many years that in general, everyone is selling their products at the same level, you know, the mortgage backed security market, you can see it on the screen, that's the price. It's not like a a big wholesaler might be getting a different price on their Ginny Mae security, than you know, somebody much smaller. But the so what it comes down to is, well, how they value servicing, certainly, but the cost structure. And that's where a lot of banks and credit unions have picked up some market share, because generally speaking, and, and Jeff, you probably know the, the the numbers better than I do. But generally speaking, credit unions and banks don't pay their loan officers anywhere near what independent mortgage banks pay their loan officers. So they've got a little bit of a leg up there, I would think, and, and probably will will continue to do that going forward.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's an advantage they do have. They have uh, an advantage on cost of funds, uh, but they have a they've had a, traditionally a disadvantage. Um, when it comes to infrastructure and infrastructure cost, they've been probably higher regulated. Um, and they just have higher overhead that's assigned to them from the banking side than an independent mortgage banker has. Cause I know that because I've worked for, uh, several banks in mortgage banking and, uh, you know, (laughs) they always, they always give you your overhead from the bank and it's like, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> that's not my cost structure, but that's the case. They, they do have a higher cost structure, whether that's internally or perceived or not. It's the case. And they're cutting costs as well. Yeah,
2: I think, you know, so you, when you talk about the, the, the interest rate climate and watching the Fed's moves, you know, it's not like the warehouse costs are going down for independent mortgage banks. They're they continue to go up. And that that tends to squeeze margins pretty heavily as well.
0: Yeah, and I think you know you also look at it and you go, okay. The second part of this cycle is um, is as your net worth decreases, then you have your warehouse lines in jeopardy, and we go through that next cycle, which is which is coming, um, which is a, it's 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 going to be it's going to be a a tough six months here, um, but. Um, you know, I think this industry has proved itself very resilient in the past, um, and I think that you know there's going to be winners and losers, but there's going to be a lot of winners, and you know everybody's going to hang tough and, and get through it.
1: This is the rundown with Robin Rich. I'm Rich Swobinski with the Mortgage Collaborative, joined as always by Rob Chrisman, and this week uh, special co-host, the CEO of Ingenius, Jeff Walton. Folks, so I want to dig a little bit deeper on this whole, like, you know, too big to fail monopolistic tenants to the mortgage industry. Because, Rob, you make a good point. There have been many instances in the past, countrywide, Wells Fargo, others that have had dominant market share uh, in the mortgage industry. We don't have that now. If you look at 2021, the top market share originator was Rocket 8.8 percent, nowhere near what we saw from some of the biggest over time. But um, the percentage that the top 25 are doing, top twenty five lenders are doing, again, is up 11% over the course of the last three years. And I would argue some things are different since the last time we've had this type of climate with the big lenders doing this high a percentage of the mortgage. Um, number one, the GSEs are under conservatorship and kind of have this mission statement to make housing finance equal to lenders across America. Um, and, you know, there's, you know, credit quality is is very good right now. Um, and, you know, you also, again, I, I, I continue to hearken back to what matters most that mortgage customers at a time where housing affordability is the worst it's ever been stand to benefit in the mortgage industry from choice and smaller providers. Yet, you know, it, it, it has this feeling to them that, um, you know, like, like the, the deck is somewhat stacked a little bit. Do you think, you know, as we go into an election season, housing touches every year, I mean, you, you think this is going to come up at all or am I just nuts, Rob?
2: So first of all, congratulations, Rich. I don't, I don't remember the last time I heard somebody say parken back and, and use that well in a sentence. So hats, hats off to you on that. On you that
1: the uh, word it inspired me. I hadn't heard that word in a while. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> uh. What were we talking about? No. So, uh, coincidentally, or maybe not coincidentally, Sunday afternoon, I help uh, I help out on a panel at TMC regarding the midterm elections and uh, those midterm elections, the impacts on vendors and lenders. I think uh, could be interesting or will be interesting. I, I don't just don't think that. Uh, I just don't think that housing finance reform. Is high on any anyone in Congress's list of of things to do, and it's almost as if if the system's not broken, there's no need to fix it, and people are continuing to uh, to finance their homes. There's a secondary market for those for those loans, and it's not like you mentioned yourself. Credit quality is good. You know the ability to repay is in place. I think a lot of lenders, most lenders, I like to think, are minding their P's and Q's in terms of regulations and LO comp and so forth. So I think the the atmosphere, certainly that we saw 14 years ago, that's that's definitely not the case now. And there are other things that the, the U.S. government, I think, can focus on that are probably more important to the nation rather than tweaking Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac or, or, you know, trying to explain to some 88 year old senator what a private label security is. I just, I, I just don't think that's, I just don't think that some much change is afoot. Uh, now that may be different at the state level. Uh, I'm on the board of the California MBA, and there are always bills being, you know, brought up and issues being raised about finance and so forth. But it's, it tends to be more tweaking than, you know, some some broad uh, gesture, because like I said, the system really isn't broken. If you if you need a home loan, you can go get a home loan. You might not like the interest rates, but the whole industry is dealing with the interest rates, and the whole finance system is dealing with interest rates. So it's not so much mortgage related. So I don't I don't see that as a as a huge hot button. That said, I know that on Sunday we're going to be talking about how. The House might go or the Senate might go in terms of Republican versus Democrat versus libertarian or independence and so forth. And what impact that may have, not only to some extent on housing, but on the regulatory environment, because we still have that going on out there. I don't know what
1: rich are you saying? I'm not saying housing finance reform, but again, like we know CFP or uh, FHFA is getting close to tweaking the loan level price adjustments, the broker, you know, Matt Ishbia would argue that the quarter percent broker fee, the agencies charge on brokered loans would already be what I'm kind of talking about their way of regulating a little bit, uh, would short of reform through delivery fees could maybe see something there just speculating, but, uh, we'll see. Maybe
2: I keep waiting for them to pull back the, uh, here, let's dust dust this off the Wayback Machine. Remember when they? I think it was a ten basis point uh, bump to the G fee to pay for some short term transportation bill tax something or other something or other. Remember that when that happened, that was yeah. the
1: beginning of the end for G fees. That was the that was when we, we lost control of G fee and yeah, and the ability to I negotiate mean, it.
2: And- that's 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 still that's still in place. Nobody talks about that. I think once the government latches on to whether it's a toll road or a toll on a bridge or some source of income in some governmental agency or some pseudo governmental agency. I think prying that out of a government's hands is next to impossible.
0: Rob, I think that sums it up the best. I mean, how do you, how would you predict the future of what they're going to do with the GSEs? And it's like, they're making billions of dollars off of it really hard. Anybody who's going to give that up? I mean, just human nature by itself, let alone bureaucracies. It, I just don't see him giving that money up, and it's not broken to the point of where you know you got to fix it. I just don't see it happening. There's just not a impetus to to lift that.
2: Yeah, Rich. Uh, Rich has been under contract by a hair care company for years now, and he doesn't want to see that income go away, no matter how short his hair is. So, same same thing. <laughs> I guess
1: a full, full head of hair, intentionally short. Uh, by far the most uh, follically gifted on this show. But uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> with that, uh, oh boy, time, boy, time. Uh, the time has flown.
0: Well, sorry you have to leave, uh, Rich. I miss you. <laughs>
1: Uh, Jeff, talking about data and reading through uh, CFPB's latest release that we've been talking about again in there, I, you know, and I the breadcrumbs they they mentioned that there were fifty five hundred mortgage lenders in America that originated alone in two thousand nineteen, only four thousand three hundred last year, so twelve hundred less. Companies originated alone in 21 biggest year ever for the industry versus 19. So you know when they say things like that, it's not without merit, my opinion, but or without basis. But um, also in there, um, obviously a lot of statistics on um, minority lending, and that's really been what the IMBs are like. Listen, hey, how can you, you know, some of the regulatory uh, restrictions they face and some of the proposed ones, um, and when people. I'm not bitching about market share, but when you hear people complain about the big lenders and the big IMBs, what they'll tell you is listen, we're doing, and it, it was proven in the stats. IMBs, the national average on minority lending, 25% of all units. IMBs, 27%. Um, and, but if small IMBs had not faced really to this point a lot of regulatory pressure, you're starting to see the tea leaves change there as well. And again, all you got to do is read the CFPB releases. They, from this perspective, don't care about size, and they have a lot of data to look at to assess the lending
0: landscape and lenders. There's also uh, some state regulations. I think um, I heard the other day there's seven different states that have, re- have passed legislation or about to. Um, obviously, California, Illinois, and, and New York are ones, but one of the things that's coming up that I found very interesting was that, that depositories in particular on on uh, community reinvestment act used to go out at the end of quarter years and they would buy loans in low to moderate in, income zip codes and census tracts and the the regulators are not saying you can't buy loans in the secondary market in those in those census tracts what they're saying is you can't swap them
2: mm-hmm. so
0: if they look a level below that and they see that you're doing well in certain um you know zip codes for low to moderate income and you're selling those to people that aren't doing well in yours that you are and you're buying from them or others um you know where you're not uh, that is not solving a um a, an issue that was intent- clever
2: clever oh. though hats you know hats off to them
0: yeah it's like um you know financial engineering right as we hear but they're going to look at that and say you can't do that, and that there's a systemic problem that's not getting solved when you do that. And so now you're going to have to actually address the problem. And you know, like I, I think that's you know that's 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 a good thing in my mind. It's like either solve the problem or get rid of the regulation. But playing the games is not happening uh, to to solve anything systemically. Um so that's
1: I long overdue. I I remember for many years selling CRA loans to banks that had to buy them to be in compliance. They'd buy them for me for like 103 and then write them down on their books for like 95 or 96 and take like a seven, eight-point loss just to comply with the regulation. But as I was selling the loans, I was happy. To be making one hundred three, but the same way I'm thinking this is so stupid. Why do you even have this law if ABC Bank and wherever can do no lending in the communities they serve and they just buy the loans from me and my bank's customers? So,
0: <clears throat> yeah, I think that's right, and I think that I think what you will see in that aspect is I think you will see, and and in talking to uh, various heads of um, large uh, banks that that uh, are in charge of diverse markets, they're now talking about literally hiring loan officers and training them um, and, and putting them in um, markets that are going to, are going to solve that problem instead of just doing the, the purchase of, of loans. And so I think that's positive, you know, so you're gonna hire people that um, are trained on that and, and go back to increasing uh, the pipelines and the manufacturing of those loans to LMI uh, zip codes. I think that that's a, a good thing to do. Uh, and then we'll sell you the data on those people, so you can hire them away from the banks. Um, <laughs> and it just goes around. But we're going to add more people, and we're going to we're going to we're going we're gonna to solve a systemic problem, and not do the you know financial engineering. I think that's important. Absolutely, and as always, a lot of good stuff coming in the chat. Uh,
1: long show regular uh, Bob Niemi, a uh, really strong compliance background in our industry. Uh, no, it's Massachusetts, New York, and Illinois have state CRA regulations for IMBs. California's bill is moving to a study bill to determine if necessary. Expect more to come. I would agree with that. And, you know, this is not like we're trying to scare you. It's we are what we are trying to do through this show is educate and inform and be real and and tell people what we're hearing and seeing in the marketplace so they can make they can make better decisions and get some perspective outside their silos. I you know this show has been I hate, there's not been a lot of exciting, positive stuff to talk about this year. So we talk about what's relevant to mortgage lenders, and that is certainly Mm a relevant issue right now, Jeff, but companies like InGenius make it a lot easier. I I cannot tell you the crap and the hoops I used to jump through to ensure compliance and regulation in my my banking days with fair lending and CRA, homemade spreadsheets and cobbled together reports from crappy systems. So it's easier now for, for mortgage lenders that are aware of the importance to comply. Absolutely. Well, we're just about out of time for the week. Uh, Bob wants Ohio State football. Our board of directors dinner Saturday night coincides exactly with Ohio State, Wisconsin. Uh, That's a sore subject uh, with me right now. But uh, brownies look good last night and uh, football season certainly off and running. Fall is in the air. I don't know what you guys are. Jeff, you live in Arizona, right?
0: Yeah, so it broke 100. We uh, started, you know, chopping firewood for when it gets into the 60s because we will burn a fire in arizona when it gets in the 60s uh that does happen but uh um it's starting to cool off definitely although it's 80 degrees in san diego today we got 40 and
1: leaves and uh gray skies in cleveland so it's uh fall is here but uh well i know everybody's weekend plans i'll see you guys all this weekend uh Jumping on a flight tomorrow morning, heading out to uh, Chicago for TMC in chi Town. Really looking forward to uh, seeing everybody and uh, getting the chance to interact with the members. It's what we do is more important now than ever. You're seeing that with the attendance of the conference and looking forward to seeing everybody this weekend. So,
2: Rich, Rich, do you uh, you still want me to pick you up in my rented Toyota Corolla? Or are you going to take an Uber in? <laughs>
1: I think, uh, yeah, I think I'll just do a but thank you.
2: Okay. Let me know. I'm a good backup.
1: <laughs> All right. And, um, uh, any else you guys have for the audience before we take it into the weekend?
0: See you in Chicago, but not that part of Chicago, Rob. <laughs> yeah. You
2: know, uh, uh, I, I, I would recommend, uh, to, to Rich's point about the weather, you know, check, check the weather. I don't think it's supposed to rain the next several days, but it's, uh, It'd the has definitely come down.
1: Yeah. Good stuff. Excellent. And, and Tom Galucci, how could I omit my Cleveland Guardians? The youngest team in baseball, second-best minor, minor league system, and they're going to be the youngest team to ever win a division in the modern era. So good stuff there. I had to throw that in. But uh, um, I will see many of you in Chicago this weekend. Uh, thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Ingenious. Uh, anybody who's yes. Ingenious, uh, it's in the chat, or anybody on our team. And uh, he'll obviously be in Chicago all weekend. So, all right, guys, take care. See you this weekend. See you this weekend.
0: Bye. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at
1: mortgagecollaborative.com.